Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. This is Mark Graben of the Lean Blog. Today is September 10th, 2006, and this is episode number five of the Lean Blog Podcast. Today, we have the first part of a conversation with Jamie Flinchbaugh, founder and partner with the Lean Learning Center and co-author of the book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to Lean. Prior to starting the center, Jamie has had a long career as a lean manufacturing leader with Chrysler, with DTE Energy, as well as Rev Motorcycles, another company he helped start. Jamie is also a regular contributor to the Lean blog, and I'm very happy to have him here. Today, we talk about waste as defined in lean manufacturing and the specific language of waste elimination. Our second podcast will focus on leadership's role in waste elimination, so you can subscribe to the podcast or stay tuned to the Lean blog to learn about when that will be available. Well, Jamie, once again, thanks for being here on the podcast with us today. Thank you, Mark. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about today, our, our topic is going to be waste. And in reading your book, Hitchhiker's Guide to Lean, one of the things that jumped out at me is kind of an interesting idea. You, you use some terminology. You talk about the notion of hatred for waste. And I uh, wanted to kind of get your thoughts on why you chose that terminology and, and why that's an important distinction and, and how we... Um, former attitudes about waste. Sure, I think um, you know, when we say that word hatred for waste, it's it's uh, certainly draws some reactions from folks, and um, you know, hatred isn't usually considered a positive thing. Right. Um, but I think the, the the important distinction is that the word hatred compels action. Uh, you know, when you hate something, it, it should compel you to some kind of action. If you hate the way you look, you might be compelled to go on a diet. If you hate waste, you might be compelled to do something about eliminating it. I think everybody's dissatisfied with waste they see around them in business. And, you know, it's hard to have many conversations about work without someone expressing some kind of dissatisfaction. Um, but that doesn't compel very much action. And we, we care about waste elimination. It's not, you know, waste identification is only a means to the elimination. And it's that compelling action that we really care about. So do you see companies out there that get kind of hung up on maybe an analysis phase of lean where you know, they've gone through and whether it's through valley stream mapping or brainstorming or, or you know, are they getting hung up on creating lists of waste that they're not necessarily doing anything about? I think that's a, a part of it. Um, you know, part of it is it comes to waste itself actually even goes before the analysis part. And that is I see an awful lot in books and in classes and in companies where we talk about waste simply as a reason for doing all the other lean stuff. So we do pull and we do 5S and we do all this stuff for the benefit of eliminating waste. But we don't actually treat waste as a tool or method unto itself. And, and waste elimination should be a daily activity. People should put on a pair of glasses of waste elimination and, and look around at what they have in front of them and do something about it that day. So I think it starts even before most companies or too many companies are not even using waste to do analysis, let alone elimination. And then once it gets to the analysis phase, um, you could, we can really get, get hung up around, uh, especially, you know, what should we focus on first? You know, what's first, second, and third? And, um, you know, there's, there's certainly, you don't want to waste time. You want to get as much progress as possible and you want people to take the right action. But you don't learn much mm-hmm. looking at a piece of paper. You only learn by doing something. And so we've seen companies that you know, might spend three months discussing what to do, 
And the reason they're, they're arguing about it is because they don't want to waste three months doing the wrong thing, but they just wasted three months doing nothing, which is much, much worse. <laughs> right. It's better to, to jump in and work on eliminating waste and learn something in the process, uh, I would imagine. And it, it's interesting you, you mentioned waste as a tool, and maybe, maybe you can talk about that a little more because I, I guess I hadn't thought of waste elimination as a tool. You know, 5S and Kanban. Um, are, are things that jump to mind as, as lean tools where, you know, with waste, that seems more of, um, more of a, a concept than a tool. And I mean, is there any, if you could elaborate on that, and then, you know, is there any risk of maybe focusing on waste to the detriment of what would be important for the customer or, you know, focusing on waste so much that you're ignoring maybe the value creation side of lean? What are your thoughts on that? Sure. So let me let me address those separately. Um, so so lean is a tool. You know, I think I think the way you've heard it is the way it's most often communicated. You know, well, let's let's do value stream mapping or, or visual management or any of these things in order to eliminate waste. But really, waste waste elimination should be an act into itself. I mean, people didn't create these tools. These tools were created to eliminate waste. Right. They don't, by themselves, eliminate all forms of waste. Um, and, and so we need to we need to actually go out and look at our own, our own processes, our own organizations, find a waste and eliminate it. And so, you know, we talk about things like waste walks. Um, I always hate any any absolutes when it comes to lean, where people say, well, if, if you don't have value stream maps, then you're not doing lean, or you don't have 5S, you're not doing lean. Um, if I had anything, if I was going to say, well, you must have this, I'd at least say it was probably waste walks. And, mm-hmm. and just taking time out of, of your day, of your week, whatever, to go out and just look at work to identify where, where waste exists, and whether it's an individual or a team or, 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 or group. And the actual act of going out, putting on the waste pair of glasses and looking at waste, and then saying, okay, what do we see? What can we do about it? Just that in itself is a huge part of what I would call daily or genuine uh, lean work would actually be. So I I think lean, when it comes to waste, it really should be part of, part of not just a reason for lean, but a part of lean. Um, And part of that also is the the language itself of the seven wastes. And people, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time worrying about the eighth waste or the ninth waste or the Mm -hmm. 15 other wastes that somebody might come up with. But the point is, is that it's really meant to be a language. And I like to use the, the comparison of the language of, of, of snow that Eskimos have. And I've, I've heard several different numbers. And since I don't speak the language, I don't know what the right one is. But there's, there's dozens of different words mm-hmm. for snow in the Eskimo language. And because they have words to describe it, they can actually see it differently. Well, most people that learn about waste, they, they go out in their own organizations and they see waste, but they really can't be specific about it. And so using the seven types of waste actually helps us see it a whole lot better. So you know, if I go look at snow and all I can see is a couple of different types of snow, I can't see that much. Same thing with waste. If all I just say is, well, there's waste, it doesn't help me see it at a fine enough level of detail to do something about it. So. Right. I believe lean should be waste elimination and the seven wastes and all of that should be part of the daily vernacular and daily activity of an organization that's doing lean. Yeah, and and given limited time, and we all have limited time throughout our day, it seems like if you were given a choice of spending an hour sitting in a conference room arguing about should we include 
an eighth type of waste or is that embedded in all the others? Or It seems like you'd, you'd be a lot better off spending that hour actually out in the floor, actually looking at your process and, and working on the elimination of waste that we all agree on, making it more of a, a practical action-driven exercise as opposed to an academic discussion, yep. right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've, I've seen a lot of conversations where people, well, is this the waste of this type or waste of that type? <laughs> and you know, it, it, it does matter to a point, but there's a limit. And uh, if we spend spend an hour talking about it, we probably just wasted an hour. <laughs> sure. So uh, back to the idea of value, though, because you know I think yes. of a lot of times identifying when I'm teaching people, you know, waste, um, among other things, is something that doesn't create value for the customer. Um, waste of transportation, if you're moving um, a plastic auto part across a shop floor or, you know, in healthcare, if you're spending time moving a tube of blood a long distance across the laboratory, you know, the, the customer's not not willing to pay for that. Um, so can you talk a little more about your experiences in tying the idea of, of waste into value? And, and again, you know, is, is there a proper balance between eliminating waste and creating value, or do they just kind of go hand in hand? I think they should go hand in hand. I think they rarely do. Fortunately, um, to me, the, the waste waste is just when we should be looking at the entire value of something we're doing for the customer, and waste is just a, a piece of that pie of work that isn't adding value. And so, we we kind of focus on a definition of lean that is focused on waste elimination, and I I don't think that's at all the right definition um, because it, it's really only one half of that single equation of value and waste, and. And adding value to the customer, we've seen companies that have eliminated a lot of waste, but they cease to also add value because mm-hmm. um, they weren't focused on understanding their customer, understanding what they need, understanding their problems, and understanding how their services or products would actually deliver value. And just to give you an example, I had a conversation with some folks in Alaska that were dealing with the lumber industry. And you know, there's only so much you can do with with uh, you know, manufacturing in Alaska. Um but they started looking at the value side. Thank you, Mark. Basically chopping down trees, cutting it into lumber, and shipping it. And then other folks, you know, Home Depot couldn't even buy that because it was, wasn't plain to work. So then they, they decided to start planing it. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of vertical integration forward, but they added more value to the product by adding a step in the process. Then they went another step further and went into engineered wood, uh, so they could actually sell to to um, end users of, of wood products. And so they really looked at it from the customer back and said, not just where can we eliminate waste, but also how can we add value. And at the end of the day, you, know, you can you can cease to become profitable by not focusing on waste elimination. You can cease to become relevant by not focusing <laughs> on value add. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like what you're describing there. Um, they were actually insourcing steps within the value stream that that were previously done by separate companies is that right yeah basically and i don't i don't want to um, yeah. presume that that vertical integration is inherently good or bad mm-hmm. um, but they, they were at least asking the question around how do we add more value and and those steps were were much more value added than simply just cutting down the tree yeah i i would agree i mean there's no absolutes in in that regard but i think it's a fair point for analysis where a lot it seems like a lot of times people think well, we're going to get rid of waste, and we don't know how to do that, so they kind of wave the white flag and say we're going to outsource that or, you know, get out of manufacturing altogether instead of maybe using lean to not only figure out how do we reduce waste within our current operations but 
you know, I could see a lot of cases where it might be the right thing to do to um, to integrate and reduce time delays or uh, reduce inventory, give better coordination. You know, that that would maybe add better um, service to the customer, which sounds like you're saying that's something that needs to be looked at as much as just being completely internally focused at, at your notions of waste. Well, and one of the reasons is that, although it's, it's started to change, is that the large number of, manuf- of lean efforts out there in the world are still manufacturing-centric. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and manufacturing has limits to how much they can do for adding value to the customer because they're not really driving the product or offering or they're not even driving the relationship with the customer. And so it's hard, it's, it's hard from an organizational standpoint for manufacturing alone to drive the question of how do we add value. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually wrote a column about this a little bit in my uh, assembly magazine column earlier this year, but at least within manufacturing organizations, they can start to develop use as they use lean efforts, start to develop new capabilities and then start to challenge, okay, how do those capabilities now allow us to go do something new for the customer? Great. Good advice. Well, thank you, Jamie, for being here. I appreciate your time and joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Mark. Be sure to stay tuned for the second part of my discussion and conversation with Jamie Flinchbaugh of the Lean Learning Center. Best way to stay informed about that and other future podcasts would be to subscribe through Apple iTunes or stay tuned to leanblog.org. Or if you visit leanpodcast.org, there's information there about different ways of signing up for automatic notification and a little more about the technology uh, behind listening to podcasts. If you have any questions or comments for myself or especially for any of my guests, you can contact me through the blog. Or something that uh, nobody's taken me up on yet is to leave a voicemail on the Lean line. You can call area code 817-776-LEAN. Or you can contact me through the Skype phone service. My ID is M-G-R-A-B-A-M. Leave a question in the form of a voicemail, and I'll get it answered for you and use it in a future podcast. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.